Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew, Bible teacher and pastor of Grace Valley Christian Center located in Davis, California. Today, Pastor Matthew continues in the Bible series on the book of Romans with this message entitled, Sola Fide. If you have your Bible with you, please turn to Romans chapter 3, verse 22. Now, here's our teacher, Pastor P.G. Matthew. Heavenly Father, we are fully aware of the tricks and devices of Satan. He is all ready to snatch the word, to prevent it from entering into human minds, that they may believe the gospel and be saved. Lord, therefore, we pray that you help us. May your Holy Spirit help us to welcome the preached word, that the word may enter into our mind, that we may understand it, that we may agree with the word of the gospel, that we may entrust our souls to the word which reveals to us the only Savior, even Jesus Christ. To this end we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Sola fide, by faith alone. And this morning I want to speak to you about facets of faith. Sola fide. In Romans, Paul argues that all have sinned. All are under the wrath of God. He argues that the wages of sin is death. All must therefore die. Yet God has in his grace accomplished salvation for sinners through the substitutionary death of God's Son, Jesus Christ. So we discovered that in Jesus Christ there is righteousness for us, redemption for us, propitiation for us, reconciliation for us. In him we have salvation accomplished by his own self-offering. The question today is, how can we receive this salvation full and free? What must we do? What can we do? We can do nothing to merit this salvation. Remember, we are sinners, dying sinners, wilting under God's wrath. There is total moral inability in us. Sola fide, by faith alone. So what is this faith? We are saved by faith alone without any works of our own. And you notice the word faith, pistis, appears eight times in our text. Romans 3, 21 through 31. And the verb believe, pistuo, appears one time. Chapter 3, verse 22. 
First time, St. Paul tells us in whom we must trust. Chapter 3, verse 22 tells us we must have faith in Jesus Christ. John the Apostle speaks of believing into Jesus Christ. Ace. Into Jesus Christ. It speaks of moving out of ourselves and laying hold of the object of faith, even Jesus Christ. And to this purpose, St. John wrote his gospel. John 20 verse 31, but these are written that you may believe. That Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Faith is self-renouncing and Jesus trusting. And the Bible says Abraham believed God. It means Abraham put his entire weight his entire life, his past, present, and future upon the firm foundation of God. He stood on God the rock. A foundation that never crumbles and gives way. Abraham believed in God's promises. God who cannot lie. See, I've been lied to by people in the church, outside the church. So I stopped trusting in people. I trust in God. Because God is truth and he cannot lie. God who raises the dead. God who calls into existence things that do not exist. The words for believe in the Old Testament speaks of stability, security. To feel secure, to run and take refuge in God. From all our troubles, secure in God. Secure even in the face of death itself. We trust in God who is life. Not life and death. Not light and darkness. He is light. He is life. So the Bible speaks about faith that knows truth, believes truth, and obeys truth. Friends, faith rests in God's promises. Thanks God for his grace. Works for God's glory. So faith is trust. But faith can also mean the body of truth we believe. 
in Jude 3 and Galatians 1, 23 and 1 Timothy 4, 1 and 6, they all speak about the body of truth we must believe. In other words, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that God's eternal Son became incarnate. I believe that he lived a sinless life. I believe that he created the universe. I believe that Jesus Christ died for our sins and raised for our justification. I believe that that Jesus Christ alone is Lord. I believe that he makes intercession for us as our great sympathizing high priest. I believe that Jesus Christ is coming again to make everything new. He's coming again to judge the living and the dead. I believe that. And St. Paul speaks about it, 1 Corinthians 15, 3, what the gospel is all about. Our faith must rest on the gospel not some self-authenticating mystical experience like I had a dream last night and all my hair on my head stood up and I began to sweat. Then I heard a voice, fear not, don't sweat. <laughs> I am here. Now, I, don't, I believe that God can give you dreams and guide you in your life. I don't have any problem with that. But I don't believe in my dream to save us. You receive by faith or reject by unbelief God's testimony concerning his son who became incarnate. Lived a righteous life died for our sins and was raised by God's power. He is Lord. He intercedes even now for us in heaven and so on. Turn with me to John chapter 3 and verse 33. Now listen to this and apply this truth into your own life and see whether you are a Christian or not. The man who has accepted, received it, that is the testimony of God. The man who has accepted it has certified that God is truthful. So when a person believes in the gospel, he is also certifying the nature of God, that God is truthful. Turn with me to 1 John chapter 5 and verse 10. The opposite of Receiving the testimony, believing the gospel. First John 5:10, anyone who believes in the Son of God has this testimony in his heart. Anyone who does not believe God has made him out to be a liar because he has not believed the testimony God has given about his Son. So the one who refuses to believe the gospel. He's saying that God is a liar. So friends, the fundamental ingredient of saving faith is orthodoxy. 
what we believe, the gospel. So then vast majority of churches that do not preach the gospel, this divine testimony are not churches but synagogues of Satan. They are centers of entertainment. They are clubs that entertain people into damnation. Faith in what they preach cannot save anyone. The gospel points to the person and work of Jesus Christ who is our great God and Savior. Thomas believed and confessed, my Lord and my God. The object of our faith is Jesus Christ. Jesus who saves his people from their sins. Jesus who is God's eternal son whom the father delivered over to death. Jesus who is the way, the truth and the life. Jesus in whom alone is the salvation for the whole world is found. Jesus in whom is the redemption. Romans 3 and verse 24. Number two. Sola fide. By faith alone. This faith is to rest. According to the Bible in God. Mark 11 verse 22. In Christ. Romans 3.22. In the name of Jesus. Acts 3.16. In Christ's blood. Romans 3.25. In the gospel. Philippians 1.27. Number three, sola fide, by faith alone. But notice this faith is not the ground of our salvation. The foundation of our salvation, the basis of our salvation. In other words, it is not the efficient cause of justification, redemption, propitiation, and reconciliation. The ground of our salvation is the sacrificial death of Jesus Christ. Then what is faith? Faith is the instrumental cause only. In other words, faith is the means by which we receive salvation from God as a free gift. This faith we exercise in Jesus Christ is therefore non-meritorious. Someone said, I suppose, Spurgeon. Faith is the eye that looks to him. The hand that receives his free gift. The mouth that drinks the living water. The late Professor Warfield of Princeton had this to say it is not faith that saves now listen carefully it is not faith that saves but faith in Jesus Christ it is not strictly speaking even faith in Christ that saves but Christ that saves through faith 
This faith that trusts is the faith of an infant that trusts his mother and sucks her milk freely. We are saved, friends, not by looking within ourselves or looking around, but looking up to the object of faith, even Jesus Christ. Faith is looking up to the crucified Christ. Faith is coming to Christ because he invites us to come. Faith is receiving Christ. Faith is calling upon the name of the Lord. Faith is not to rest upon what is done in us or what is done by us. Faith rests upon what is done for us by Jesus Christ. In theological circles, those who are called Armenians, to them faith is the human work upon which pardon of sin is suspended. In other words, faith is man's contribution to his own salvation. Number four, fourth aspect, sola fide, by faith alone. Faith is a gift, sir. We don't manufacture it. God grants us the gift of saving faith. This faith is by no means our contribution to our own salvation. We believe, we must believe, yet this faith is not our own. It is a supernatural gift. How can we who are dead in trespasses and sins believe? The answer, God regenerates us, God raises up us spiritually. We experiences, we experience a spiritual resurrection, and faith is an effect of this spiritual resurrection. The natural man is incapable of believing, receiving the gospel. And so Ephesians 2:8, Philippians 1:29, Acts 16, verse 14. We read that faith is a gift of God. St. Paul was sent to Philippi. There he was preaching to a number of women. And we are told God opened the heart of Lydia that she may respond to the gospel. What is the response? Faith in the preached word. Number five, sola fide, by faith alone. This faith trusts in Christ without doubting, without wavering. God is truth and his promises are true. So I trust in him and not doubt at all. Turn to Psalm 26 and listen to this language 
of Saint David. I have trusted in the Lord without wavering. And turn to Romans 4 beginning with verse 16. Therefore the promise comes by faith. So that it may be by grace. And may be guaranteed to all Abraham's offspring. Not only to those who are of the law. But also to those who are of the faith of Abraham. He is our father in the sight of God. In whom he believed the God who gives life to the dead. And calls things that are not as though they were. Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed. And so he became the father of many nations, just as it had been said to him. So shall your offspring be. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead. Since he was about a hundred years old, and Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. Faith, trust without doubt. And we read 119 Psalm verse 42, trust in God's promises Proverbs 3 5 trust in God with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding we trust in God not in our own native powers as Sarah trusted in her own mind and the result was Ishmael a lot of trouble that's what happens when we trust in our own understanding. Sola fide, by faith alone. In other words, this faith is the essential condition, sine qua non, for salvation. All must believe in Jesus Christ to be saved. Old Testament saints were saved by faith, so are we. So look at Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6. And here we read. And without faith it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists. That he exists. The infinite, personal, immortal, all holy God exists. And that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. And turn to John chapter 6 and verse 29. And this is what Jesus Christ say. If you want to do work, go ahead. What is the work you must do? Jesus says, the work of God is this. To believe in the one he has sent. And to the Athenian, St. Paul says, God commands all men everywhere to repent. And wherever you see repentance, there is faith. And wherever you see faith, there is repentance. 
So let me tell you, and where is there is genuine faith, there shall also be authentic repentance. There is no faith without repentance, and there is no repentance without saving faith. I receive emails and things like that once in a while, people telling me they want to repent. But they have no clue what repentance is. A repentance that is godly must be characterized by these things. A deep sorrow for having offended God. Number two, a full and free confession of sins. Number three, a detestation of sins. Number four, a forsaking of sins. Number five, a making restitution when needed and possible. And finally, doing what God wants us to do. He who steals, let him steal no longer. But let him work with his hands that he may have something to give. A thief gives. That is true repentance and faith. Number seven, sola fide, by faith alone. This faith is not directed to who we are or what we have done. I have said about this already. It is directed to the glory of Christ's person. And Christ's work. It is directed to the sufficiency of Christ. For all our needs. His name is Jesus. For he shall save us. From all our sins. There is no salvation in anyone else. Look at what St. Paul says in 1 Timothy and chapter 1 and verse 15. Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Everyone must believe it, in other words. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. Our faith is directed to him and to his finished work of atonement. And our faith is directed to his continuing work as our high priest who makes always intercession for us. So Romans chapter 8 and verse 34 tells us, Who is he that condemns? Here is the answer, Christ Jesus who died. More than that who was raised to life. He is at the right hand of God. And is interceding for us. Faith is directed to Jesus Christ our Savior. Who in the offer of the gospel is not making possible. Or grants an opportunity for salvation sir. He offers salvation itself full and free. To be received. By faith. And he saves every elect sinner. Number eight, sola fide, by faith alone. It is a universal offer. The salvation 
Jesus Christ accomplished by his death is offered to all. A universal invitation is given not just for the Jews. For Jews and Gentiles. Rich and poor. To all nations. There is no respect of persons. All sinned. All must hear the gospel call. Turn to chapter 1 and verse 16. I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God. For the salvation of everyone who believes. First for the Jew and then for the Gentile. Chapter 3 verse 22. This righteousness from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all. To all who believe. Isaiah 45 and verse 22. It says, turn to me and be saved, all you ends of the earth. To all the gospel call comes, for I am God and there is no other. In chapter 55 of Isaiah, come all you who are thirsty, come to the waters And you who have no money, come. Come means believe. Buy and eat. Come. Buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. God commands all people everywhere to repent. And Jesus Christ shall come when the gospel is preached to all nations. Number nine, sola fide by faith alone. It is a faith defined by God's word. A faith born by God's word. And a faith nourished, sustained by God's word. We spoke about Lydia and how God created faith in her through the preached word. And St. Paul tells us in Romans 10 and verse 17, faith comes by hearing. Hearing not rock music. Hearing the gospel. Divine testimony preached with all courage and clarity. And let me tell you, it is a faith sustained by God's word. Here is St. Paul in Acts chapter 20. He is leaving that territory. He is leaving the elders. Now he says in Acts 20 and verse 32, Now I commit you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among those who are sanctified. The word of God is able to build you up. And that's the reason why people are distracted when The preacher preaches the gospel. It is the work of the devil so that the word can never go in that you may believe and be saved. It's up to you, friends. If you want to open your Bible, that's up to you. Some people are so brilliant, they don't have to open the Bible. I know that. I'm not very brilliant, you know. So once in a while, I open the Bible. But some people can just listen and and understand everything preacher says. No true faith can exist, in other words, without the preaching of the gospel. So no true faith exists in most churches because the word is not preached. 
Preaching is replaced by entertainment. Faith in Christ is faith in the word, friends. Without the word, you cannot even have little faith. Since faith comes by the hearing of the word, faith grows as we grow in our knowledge of the word. Therefore, it is necessary that you be part of a church that declares the gospel weekly with courage, with clarity. A church that preaches through the Bible, the whole gospel. It is necessary for people to listen carefully to the preached word. It is necessary to read the word daily and feed upon it that we may have great faith. Therefore, friends, older Christians should have stronger faith in Jesus Christ. And younger Christians should consult them that they may also grow in faith. Number 10, sola fide, by faith alone. But it is a faith also that produces good works. We are saved by faith in Jesus Christ alone. We believed in Jesus Christ that he may save us and he saves us apart from any merit of our own. And we read that in chapter 3 and verse 21. But now a righteousness from God apart from the law has been made known. And we read the same thing in Galatians chapter 2 verse 16. And we insist on it. That we are saved by grace through faith plus nothing. But the faith that saves us, enables us to do good works. Yet this faith that saved us, enables us to do good works as evidence of our salvation. Now look at Galatians. If you want to understand it. Galatians chapter 2 and verse 16. Said. Said this. Know that a man is not justified by observing the law. But by faith in Jesus Christ. But look at chapter 5 verse 6. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Faith without works is a corpse. It is not true faith. It is not saving faith. It is the faith of demons, James tells us. Demons believe, yet they go to the lake of fire. It is a dead faith. It is the faith of the second and third soil hearers of the gospel. It is the faith of Achan and Saul and Simon Magus and Ananias and Sapphira. It is the faith of demons. And Romans 1 verse 5 tells us we are called to the obedience of faith. The obedience that comes from faith. Our good works proves our salvation by faith alone apart from works. It is the evidence that we are true people of God. Turn with me to 1 Timothy chapter 5 and verse 8. 
It's interesting language. If anyone does not provide for his family. Family includes wife, children, father, grandfather, and grandmother, the whole, according to this. If anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially for his immediate family, notice, he has denied his faith. And he is worse than an infidel. That is true of a man who does not love his wife. And so on. It is a false faith. So we read about this. Ephesians 2 verse 10. 2 Timothy 3 verse 16. Philippians 2 verse 13. And so on. That we are, crea- we are created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Which God has foreordained that we should walk in them. We are to obey God. By their fruits. You shall know them. By faith we are saved and by faith we live. We do not come to Jesus by faith first and then leave faith and live by sight. We live always by faith in God. Faith unites us to Christ. And by faith we abide in Christ. Who is wisdom, righteousness, sanctification and redemption. Number 11, sola fide, by faith alone. Listen, friends, this faith has three constitutive elements. First is knowledge, in Latin, notetia. Knowledge, second, agreement, ascensus. Third is trust, fiducia. Knowledge of the gospel leads us to conviction, that is agreement of the truth, and this conviction leads us to fiducia, personal trust in Jesus Christ. So first is knowledge. Friends, Christian faith is not pious ignorance. Faith is not trusting in oneself. Faith is not positive thinking. Faith is not trusting in one's church. Faith is trusting in Jesus Christ that we may be saved. Therefore, we need knowledge of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Without knowledge, no faith. Faith is defined by the word we said. It is born by the hearing of the word. It is nourished by the word. Faith comes by hearing the gospel facts preached by one sent and commissioned by Christ. Church of Rome demands implicit faith in the church. They say it is not necessary for anyone to actually know anything as long as one trusts implicitly in the Roman church. You trust the church And the church relates to Christ. But we say we trust in Christ directly. So we need to have information. Now you understand stupid churches where the gospel is not preached. Are not giving knowledge that will lead to faith. Dr. Boyce tells a story. And now everybody is happy now. (laughs) Come on sleeping people and 
drowsy people wake up, the story time has come, sir. <laughs> the elders were interviewing a candidate for membership. And they asked, what do you believe about salvation? And he said, I believe what the church believes. What does the church believe? The answer, the church believes what I believe. Now, just what do you and the church believe? We believe the same thing. <laughs> Friends, Christianity is a reasonable faith. It is based on knowledge. It is not a leap in the dark into irrationality. It is based on God's revelation on God's great and precious promises. It is based on what God has done in Jesus Christ. This is like first stage in dating. What are you doing in first stage in dating? You want to collect information. Who is this person? Who is his father? Who is his mother? What type of job history does he have? Does he have any children out there somewhere? Does he have any money in the bank? Does he have any diseases? And so on and so on. Does he have any spiritual character? Is, is he an angry man? Is he a patient man? The primacy of the intellect, you must want information. And you must go and visit the parents and look at the mother and father and if you like the mother, everything is all right. <laughs> At least that's what they say. Information, sir. And the second stage is agreement, a census. Knowledge must lead us to conviction of a knowledge of the facts. The gospel now moves to conviction which is we agree that the gospel is true. Jesus Christ is Savior and Lord. Jesus Christ died for sins, even for my sins. One can be saved, even I can be saved today by trusting in Jesus. This is the second stage in dating, the movement of the heart. You agree this girl is beautiful, intelligent, a person of excellent character, she is healthy, she is hardworking, she has no debt, her teeth are all right. <laughs> this person can be excellent wife for me, I can live with her all of my life in great joy. But a census is no trust. Conviction must move to trust. Fiducia, otherwise it is demon's faith, dead faith, only the faith of Judas. The devil is orthodox. The devil believes in scriptures. He has knowledge of God. He even agrees with this knowledge. Therefore, number three, fiducia, that is personal trust. Knowledge leads to conviction and leads to trust. Faith, friends, in its essence, is commitment to Christ that we may be saved. I trust in Jesus Christ alone for my salvation. I entrust myself to him now and forever. I trust not in myself, not in any human resources, not in saints, not in angels. I trust in Jesus Christ alone as my Savior, and I submit to him as my Lord that I may be saved. I trust in Jesus as an infant trusts in his mother. 
and he says, Jesus is my Savior. Jesus is my Lord. Jesus is my shepherd. Jesus is my healer. This is the third stage in dating. Marriage. Lifetime commitment. And that is what has happened to us. Jesus Christ. You read Ephesians 5 and Revelation 19. Jesus Christ is my bridegroom. And I am his beloved bride. All his assets are mine. By faith I am united with him. All his assets are mine. All my liability his. No divorce ever. Holy communion forever. Friends finally say a word to you. God has accomplished salvation by the sacrifice of his son. His bullock, our Lord Jesus Christ, has been sacrificed. A great feast is ready for all dying sinners. All fitness God requires is for you to see your need of Jesus Christ. Jesus saves only sinners. Come by faith. No merit is required. And he tells you, come by wine and bread and milk without cost. The old Puritan John Owen says this. Let me read to you and pay attention. This is the word which he now speaks to you. Why will you die? Why will you perish? Why will you not have compassion on your souls? Can your hearts endure or can your hands be strong in the day of wrath that is approaching? Look unto me and be saved. Come unto me and I will ease you of all sins, sorrows, fears, burdens and give to your souls rest. Come, I entreat you, lay aside all procrastinations all delays put me off no more eternity lies at the door do not so hate me as that you will rather perish than accept of deliverance by me so he says these and the like things death the Lord Christ continually declare proclaim plead and urge upon the souls of sinners he does it in the preaching of the word. That's what he's doing right now. He does in the preaching of the word as if he were present with you, stood amongst you, and spoke personally to every one of you. He has appointed the ministers of the gospel to appear before you and to deal with you in his stead, avowing as his own the invitation which are given you in his name. What must I do to be saved? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved. Saved today. Saved now. Heavenly Father, save your people today. In Jesus' name, amen. You have been listening to Grace and Glory Audio of the sermon entitled Sola Fili. Come back soon for more transforming Bible teaching from Pastor P.G. Matthew.